gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. And this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about Harry Potter. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about Chapter 25 of Goblet of Fire, The Egg and the Eye, in which Harry sneaks out at night to take the egg and his spy gear, aka the visibility cloak and the Marauder's Map, to the Prefect Bathroom. The Prefect Bathroom is, for whatever reason, designed like something out of a rich person's mansion, complete with orgy-sized tub, white marble everything, and a mermaid portrait to watch you bathe. Despite the magical spa aspect, Harry is still flummoxed by how this actually helps him with the egg. Good thing everyone's favorite emo Ravenclaw girlfriend, Myrtle, is here to help. She tells them what Cedric um, did, which was open the egg underwater, which reveals that the screeching is actually a rhyming clue in Mermish about merpeople, which Myrtle gently teases Harry about for taking so long to figure out. Which, cool, but how the fuck is Harry going to breathe in the water? That's a question for another day, but... As Harry leaves, he notices a Bartimus crouch in Snape's office, and it's not like this won't end badly, so he goes to investigate. So caught up in this mystery, he gets his leg trapped in a false step and drops his fucking screechy egg and the map. Double whoops. Uh, Felt shows up, and then Snape shows up, and then Harry's like, I'm so fucked, which he would be if fake Moody hadn't showed up in the nick of time to rile Snake up into a hissy fit and take the map. Harry is so grateful not to be in a shit ton of trouble that he lets fake Moody borrow the map and, for whatever reason, give him career advice. Nailed it. Yep. So we're going to start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Investigation reveals that the ministry sent a vindictive ghost with noted boundary issues to live in a school full of children. <laughs> I, have stuff about, I have stuff about that in literally three different sections. <laughs> I just nice. want you to know that because I have I have three separate feelings about this. <laughs> All right. Nice. No, I'm excited about that. All right. So now we turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. I have to agree with Harry. It would be worth being a prefect to be able to use this rad ass bathroom. Yeah. Even though I'm like. Harry describes the Harry describes the vibe of this bathroom, but I'm like, are there toilets in this bathroom? Because what I really like in a workplace or really any public area is a semi-private place to poop. Yeah, so totally. this would be this would really determine if I want to be a prefect or not. If like there is a bathroom where like only eight other people in the whole castle had access to, it could be like bet yes, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll take on these extra shifts if I can poop in peace yeah totally i would hope that that would be like a separate bathroom from the bathing bathroom where everyone's having prefect orgies yeah maybe there's like a door to the means like a door that goes into another room where it's like i don't know very fancy toilets or something yeah whatever rich people like i don't know 
bidets. Those are <laughs> no are longer the... rich people things, but that's true. I feel like not even. I mean, yeah, but there could be there could be bidets. Yeah. And like the fancy bidets with like heated water and like air drying and stuff like that. Not the like $99 Toshi bidet that I have. Well, yeah, which makes sense. I mean, if there's uh, like, maybe Harry's exaggerating, but like all of these taps full of like bath soap, then there's probably got to be a really fancy magical bidet. Yeah, totally. So staying on the bathroom, do you think that the like the magic of this bathroom makes it so that if it's occupied you can't go in there. I don't know. I hope, right? Like, both in terms of just wanting to fucking take a bath in peace, but also in terms of, like, that's the best place in the castle to go have sex. I would hope that even the, you know, eight other prefects or seven other prefects aren't going to be, like, coming in while you're in there. Like, hopefully the statue of Boris the Bewildered is like, sorry. Yeah. Come back later. Someone puts a sock on the hands of the, I don't know. <laughs> uh, is wait is Cedric is a prefect right yeah or is he okay so maybe it's like like maybe all the prefects can change the password so if you want a private place to have sex it's like and someone wants to use it you're like oh my password isn't working and like all right well guess I better come back in a couple hours it's been months since Cedric gave Harry this password I actually was surprised that the password still worked given that they seem to change Oh, so. yeah. Fuck. You're right. It has been. I forgot how long it's been. Um, Then they must use some kind of signal or something. Yeah. Or the door just is like, doesn't work. Like how you can't get in the room of requirement if someone is in there. Yeah. Uh, It's your turn. I. Do you have Myrtle being a petty ass bitch somewhere else? I have her drama here. Yeah. Okay. Because like. Not her haunting some woman her entire life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if like my brain just skipped over that part. But like reading it today, <laughs> I was like, her whole life. Her whole life for nothing other than having been the one that found Myrtle's body and like saying something rude. That's just, that's just petty as fuck. It is. Um... She's so dramatic. <laughs> like, and I think this is why we love Myrtle, even though she is a deeply problematic character, which we will talk about later. But like her flipping out about Harry being like, how will I breathe? And she's just like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> uh, when she's been dead for like 50 years, like that is enough time to adjust if you want to adjust, but she doesn't want to adjust. Yeah. Myrtle is like, yeah, like forever emo in a way that I like half is really terrible and half I like a little bit appreciate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I spent way too much time trying to like look up what I think her like Zodiac big three are. Okay. Um, Her biggest vibe is cancer, obviously. Like she's so weepy. She's so just like over the top with her feelings her feelings are so big and i'm not saying that that's not real to her like i think they really are that big but the way that she professes them is very cancer to me it's like cancer is much more external than either scorpio or pisces in terms Mm -hmm. of the water signs and how they process their feelings Mm -hmm. you know pisces will like write a poetry about it and scorpio will like 
I don't know, seethe about it. And Cancer's like, I am like crying in public. Um, And then I get Gemini from her. Okay. I think it's really hard because like the easy thing to do in terms of like, she's like haunting this lady and she's like spiteful forever would be like, oh, Scorpio. I don't know that I actually feel Scorpio from Myrtle. I do feel an air sign. And I think that Gemini of the air signs is the most, like, Libra is non-confrontational. Aquarius is too, like, distracted by other things to get, like, on a personal level petty about one particular person, which just leaves Gemini. They're supposed to be, like, pretty distractible and not really have a lot of energy to focus on one thing, but, like... I still think that a Gemini would make a good stalker. And maybe the, like, Gemini being influenced by being in Cancer, like, I feel like... <sighs> I feel like sometimes big feelings can lead to a lot of, uh... You know, sometimes you sometimes you just do things when you're feeling that emotional that it's just like, wait, what, why did I do that thing? Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, that was a little bit... Uh, an oversized action for like the situation (laughs) right yeah and i was like i was trying to look it up and sort of everything was like cancer and gemini have like mellowing aspects on each other and i was like okay so there's something in there that's like causing chaos right that's turning sort of the worst parts of these two signs into something really messy and i think that it might be aries i was gonna say wait is aries a fire sign yeah i was gonna say there's probably some there must be a fire sign up in there somewhere yeah yeah, um, because Aries is the angriest of the fire signs. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the most impulsive. And something about her haunting specifically or Olive Hornby feels impulsive to me, where she's just like, fuck it, you, you know? And then she's like zoned in, like honed in on this one person for the next who the fuck knows how long until she gets literally court ordered to stay away from I mean, her. witches live a long time, so I'm like, it's probably a while. I mean, she didn't ha- get to haunt her her whole life, right? Because yeah. she, she got a restraining order. <laughs> she got a restraining order. <laughs> I'm sorry, it now just makes me imagine how this series would have been different if Myrtle would have intensely haunted Lord Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, fuck you, Tom Riddle. <laughs> You're never going to be rid of me. Oh my god, she should have chosen Voldemort. He is the one who caused her death. And he's the one who deserves to get haunted everywhere he goes. So true. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> I know. It really would be. Because it's not like the ministry's uh, doing a restraining order on behalf of Voldemort. She can... Uh make fun of him for all the people that he killed just for saying something ridiculous to him. Yeah. All right. Uh, so moving out of moving away from Myrtle, unfortunately, um, we have a scene where Snape sort of, I don't want to say reflexively, but he like kind of goes for his dark mark mm-hmm. in a way that I'm like, not very slick for a spy, huh? Snape. And so it makes me wonder if Fake Moody did something on his dark mark to make Mm. Snape's hurt. Because if, like, nothing else, like, he's very good at playing both sides of what's going on. 
And it's like, I'm like, this is like an amateur move. I know you're like just woke up or whatever, but like, and especially in front of fucking Mad-Eye Moody, like. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that makes perfect sense. Or in some other way, like did some sort of magic thing that made him like, you know, jerk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is hilarious. (laughs) Honestly, this whole scene is so ridiculous. Yeah, I do actually feel a little bit bad for Snape in this scene, though. Um, Because he's getting gaslit so intensely. (laughs) Yes, actually, that's exactly my note. Uh, And this is the second time that we've had a defense against the dark arts teacher just, like, blatantly gaslighting Snape to protect Harry specifically. Lupin did it in the last book. It's no wonder Snape has trust issues. Yeah, and, like... (sighs) I feel very weird about using the word gaslight because it's come to be this almost meaningless word that people use for like someone disagreeing with you in public. And it's like, that's actually not what gaslight means. Yeah, this is this is what gaslight is. Right. Snape is like, I know for a fact exactly what all these things add up to. And Moody is like, you cannot believe what you are like witnessing with your own senses. Like, you you are incorrect in the very clear observation that you are making. That's what gaslighting is. And that sucks. Like that's a terrible feeling. So I do, I do feel bad for Snape in that moment. Yeah, that sucks. Um, I have actually one more thing about Snape here. Okay. Which is okay. So besides this being the worst pajama party ever, Everyone seems appropriately dressed to be wandering around this cold-ass castle in the middle of the night in, like, February, except for Snape. Snape is only wearing a nightshirt. Everyone else is wearing a cloak or a robe. And in Harry's case, both a cloak and a robe. (laughs) And I'm like, Snape, aren't you cold? Are you, like, even wearing shoes? Like, what is happening? (laughs) The idea of him being barefoot had not occurred to me until now. I just feel like Severus Snape is not a man that takes care of his toenails. He does not. They are like dead fish belly pale. (laughs) And like too long. Y'all trim your toenails. By y'all, I mean men. (laughs) (laughs) Um, God damn it. That's (laughs) so distressing. (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah. Who can say what Snape's thought process is most of the time? I mean, honestly, yeah. Um, okay, so my last thing in this section is that fake Moody's just utter panic when he learns that his name is showing up on this map is very funny, if you know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Reading, I mean, I think... In a lot of ways, because of the major reveal about Moody, like rereading this book. I mean, I guess I I don't know. I feel like I can't say it's a joy because of my deep, deep hatred for Scoundrel JKR. But like... You can definitely say that it's a joy. That's why we still talk about it. Like, but it's so subtle where it's like, Harry is like, oh man, Moody is so amazed by this like magical artifact that I have. And he's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. Holy shit. Uh, can I borrow this Potter? Okay, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, I feel like this book, 
because it is the the mystery part is so well crafted it's like more fun reading it the second time than it is the first time you know yeah or the 75th time in my case right and like yeah and i don't know i wish i liked mystery novels more because mystery is a genre of like television or like thrillers or like some of my favorite things but like i don't know sometimes i find mysteries too slow or like uninteresting if it's a cozy mystery um but i feel like this is like one of the first novels that has a mystery that like i deeply enjoyed mm-hmm. so and i'm sort of kind of like you know some of the things in here are kind of a little heavy-handed which i'm gonna talk about later but like yeah just sort of like reflecting on like this scene knowing that moody is secretly panicking right <laughs> is very good yeah yeah i feel the same way and i feel the same way about i think romance novels also and maybe just generally i think the reason that i like this book is or just in general like the reason that i read fantasy is because there's always something happening that's interesting to me separate from the sort of other genre of the book Mm -hmm. you know i think the reason i love carry on with my entire being is because it's a gay romance book but I don't think that I would enjoy it if it was just about these two, you know, enemies to lovers, boys at a boarding school. That's not a book that I would want mm-hmm. to read. It's the part where it's a magic boarding school that keeps me yep. invested long enough to be like, I'm going to wait 365 pages <laughs> for this kiss to happen. Oh my god, the slowest, <laughs> the slowest of slow burns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard. I feel like television does that multiple genre stuff better than like some books do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's hard to find the books that do it well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like things that are, well, not romance probably, but a lot of other books that are not fantasy, There's everything's always like heavier. I like that in fantasy, the stakes are lower because they're not real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of what I like about some of the... I've been trying to, like, get into, like, romance novels, mainly just queer romance or romance written by people of color because that's all I really want to consume anyway. And, like, I kind of like that it's, like, at least in the romance novel, I'm like, I know this is going to end happily, which I don't always know about in a fantasy Mm -hmm. novel. (laughs) Because I'm, like, not in a brain space where I'm just like, I can't handle anything (laughs) sad. Yeah, totally. I read spoilers for, like, everything at this point. That makes sense. I need to know how it's going to end up before I enter into it. Welcome to the education section, where we talk about this goddamn school. Okay, so once Harry figures out the egg, he's like, oh, I gotta figure out how to breathe underwater. I feel like... Because not not everyone knows how to fucking swim. I feel like that should be some mandatory magic you should learn before your fourth year at magic school. Hmm. Like Harry's like, he's like, I really can't swim very well. And even in this chapter. And it's like, Harry, I'm sure you're not the only one. Right. Who doesn't know how to swim. And if you're going to have a giant lake on your campus that like people presumably hang out in or, or buy, I'm like... Again, this is another, like, safety thing where I'm like, you could just 
teach all the kids the bubblehead charm or whatever or something that's like age appropriate so if they fell into the lake like Colin Creevy does in book two he doesn't fucking drown if Hagrid can't get to him in time you know it's the squid that saves him it is the squid that saves him okay I, well, I agree and actually think I would actually just argue that Hogwarts should teach them all how to swim they have this giant lake you know that's also true why aren't they learning how to swim in this giant lake. Yeah. It should... Yeah. People... People... I feel like knowing how to swim is a human right. Like, people should be taught how to swim. For safety reasons, like, just on a, like, ba- most basic level, it's, like, a thing that you should know for, like, basic safety. Like, yep. shit happens with water. And even before Harry was, like, he'd never really gotten swimming lessons, I was, like... The Dursleys definitely would not have given Harry swimming lessons. Like, how does he know how to do laps in this tiny pool? But I mean, I guess he's dog paddling or whatever. But yeah, and I mean, it's, he's like he's like he says that like it's. I mean, he can barely touch, but he can touch the bottom. Yeah, but he also talks about treading water. I'm like, I have taught swimming lessons to children for like many years. That is not something that you intuitively know how to do. Yeah, as someone who does not know how to swim, I do not know how to tread water, which is like probably the bare minimum thing that I should probably learn at some point. I would love to teach you how to swim. You know, 2020 was going to be the year that I'm like, there's this place in the city that does like one-on-one swimming lessons for adults. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to do that and not feel like I'm going to die whenever I go to a lake because I live in a state that is full of lakes. Yeah, and you love water. I like kayaking and being on the beach <laughs> i don't know if i necessarily love being in the water but you only because of being the on terror. a floaty which I do is love being on a floaty. in the water that's true but there is always still the like hope i don't die <laughs> right. anxiety every time yeah <sighs> it'll happen that's gonna yeah. be something's gonna be like super good uh rehabilitation for your leg i so. know yeah nicole was just talking about it and i'm just like yes you are correct but also being near people in an indoor pool is not my idea. <laughs> like, can you wear a mask in a pool? Probably not. So if you don't get your face wet. That's true. Which I like to avoid anyway, honestly. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hogwarts should be teaching kids how to swim or at least how to not drown. Yep. Um, yet another way that they're failing all of their students. Yep. Welcome to the politics section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I only wrote down Myrtle points here. I can't remember if I missed any of my other things because I took my notes in a hurry. But um, my first thing is about the fact that Myrtle spies on bathing people. My instinct was to be like children. That's not all the prefects are like 16 and up. Right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Still. Still. Uh, it's very, very creepy. Uh, I just want to, like, make sure that I'm not... I always feel weird when we're talking, because I know how many, like, teenager listeners we are, and I don't want to make them feel like I'm dismissing their, like, maturity level. So I'm trying, mm. separate from this thing, I'm trying to work on how I talk about the people attending this school. Yeah. Um, so she's spying on she's spying on people who are 
naked who are bathing who don't know that she's there who don't know that they're being watched it's really fucked up yeah yeah i actually i was i was was thinking about it and so you know how like tina belter as a character sort of toes the line between like just being a hormonal teen to being like a little bit creepy about it i feel like myrtle is like seven feet like 10 feet past the line of where like tina belcher is okay where it's like teen sex drive but also not the best grasp of boundaries i mean i think mm-hmm. tina has a better grasp of boundaries because she, she is a very empathetic compassionate person um even if she is very consumed about butts which i mean who isn't <laughs> um and i feel like myrtle whether it's just through her own sort of no one really telling her about boundaries because she's a ghost, but still sort of has this, like, sort of, you know, she's still, like, a teenage girl who has, like, who wants to look at, you know, naked people. It's just, like, she takes it, she, she takes it too far, even though I think that, like, her one look at naked dudes or naked people or whatever, like, isn't bad. It's just that, like, she's spying on them without them knowing that is the bad part. And right. it's, like, which I think... Is sort of a larger a larger issue of like, why is it anyone like like literally everyone is ignoring Myrtle? And I'm kind of like, could someone like talk to her? (laughs) You know, (laughs) like another ghost, another prefect. I don't know, like somebody. (laughs) Right. So, and like maybe it would takes also some magical restraining order stuff, but like. I mean, it just seems like she just does whatever the fuck she wants to. And it's like, well, she's a Hogwarts ghost, whatever. And it's like, oh. Right. Um, the pri- privacy uh, violation here is pretty large. I mean, maybe no one knows, except for Harry. I don't know. <sighs> she doesn't seem very concerned about telling him about it. But I don't know if anyone does talk to her so who would she tell i guess i don't know it's i think that your point is good like there is nothing wrong with the fact that she wants to look at naked people there's something wrong with looking at people who think that they are alone and um have not explicitly consented to be looked at naked yeah which is creepy yeah it's really creepy and i think that it makes me really confused about the fact that the ministry was just like, eh, go back to Hogwarts. Like, you've been stalking and harassing this woman for years. We're going to banish you back to Hogwarts. Like, what a bad plan. Not that the ministry's ever really shown us, like, super <laughs> good decision making, but it just seems, you know, someone's father should have said something about this. Like, it's... um really weird it's a really weird choice i mean i think part of it is the ministry being like if she's at hogwarts she's not our problem she's a headmaster's problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then i was also gonna say that it also seems fun to have a portrait in this bathroom hmm. like a sentient portrait like i don't necessarily want a like mermaid portrait looking at me while i'm bathing yeah and like maybe this is like nsa point but i'm like why is there 
Is is this to rat out anyone having an orgy in, the, in this ginormous bathtub? Like, why? Why is there a portrait on there? Huh. Yeah, the the witching world's relationship with portraits is very confusing. Like, isn't that portrait of Phineas Nagellus in uh, Sirius's parents' bedroom? Is it? I think so. It's like it's like they don't realize that they're still people, even though they totally treat them like they're still people. <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of like it'd be boring to be a portrait. It seems like it'd be more interesting. I mean, I'm not interesting, but it's like, it's like watching your relatives have sex. It just seems weird. Yeah. I mean, Phineas is lucky that he can leave and go to Hogwarts. Yeah. Which is where I'm assuming he spends all of his time anyway. Yeah. Yeah, this is um, a very, maybe she, okay. Maybe she can't leave because she doesn't have legs. Because it seems like, okay, so it seems like, so like a portrait can't just like, like Vi, the portrait who's in that weird antechamber behind the Great Hall, couldn't just like transport from her portrait to the fat lady. She had to run through all of the portraits like Mm -hmm. in the school to get there. And so if the mermaid wanted to swim from her portrait to another portrait if none of the two closest portraits to her have water in them could she actually go interesting i don't know she'd be like flopping around like ariel (laughs) on the beach (laughs) there's like a portrait of some shepherds and a sheep and just like a very determined mermaid like clawing her way across the grass And I guess hopefully one of the, I mean, does she speak Mermish? I mean, obviously she's a very stylized mermaid and not representative of the people we see in right. living in the lake. But I'm not sure how much it helps if she can or can't leave the bathroom, but I feel like it would be a little less uncomfortable if it was like you knew she wasn't going to be talking to other people. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe she can't talk. Because, like, Myrtle was, like, she, with the mermaid awake, like, flipping her hair around, trying to be, like, Cedric, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was flipping her hair around trying to flirt with him, but... I mean, probably. Your reading probably makes more sense. I mean, it could be both. <laughs> True. <laughs> if Cedric is as dreamy as Harry says that he is. <laughs> <sighs> All right, do you have anything else here? I have one more thing. Okay. Which is, not only am I deeply, of course, upset about Harry wanting to become a witching cop, he gets that uh, this idea from a fucking Death Eater. And he's like, this seems like fine advice to be getting. It's like, no! <laughs> you want career <laughs> advice? Like, ask your godfather. Ask fucking Lupin. Like, ask anyone besides a Death Eater who tried, who had, like, helped bring Voldemort back to power using your blood. Like, my dude. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's like getting career advice from the dare, you know, mascot or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I will, <laughs> I will never not be angry that Harry didn't grow up to either be the Defense Against the Dark Arts professor or a Quidditch player. 
mm-hmm. the two most logical jobs for him to have. The two things that he we literally see him excel at all of the time. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like he, he would just be done wanting to do this shit and be like, I'm just going to retire and be a part-time house husband. I mean, if he fucking played Quidditch for like 10 years, he'd probably have enough money that he'd never have to work again anyway. He'd make lots of money doing sports, you know? Yeah. Maybe he'd come back and like be the Quidditch coach at Hogwarts. He's good at teaching. That'd be cute. He'd be so good at that. And then they would have a not biased referee. Yeah. Welcome to Advertisements, where we update you on our financial situation after a summer away and then make you laugh. Um, This is us from the future. We recorded the episode you've been listening to in like April (laughs) before (laughs) we went on break. But this is us now, uh, mid-August, recording something that you will listen to in (laughs) mid-September. Look, time's weird in the podcast world. It sure, it sure is. But yeah, I mean, as you all, as you all know from before we went on summer break, like things have been shifting and reorganizing here since Jesse's injury. And I just want to update you on where things are with that. Do you want to start? Yeah. Well, I want to thank everyone who became patrons over the summertime, even when we weren't posting any episodes of Escape from Reality or The Gaily Prophet. And uh, I got through both of my surgeries that I needed. And as of this recording, I'm doing great. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, and I just really super appreciate everyone who donated, who left, a, who left a review. You know, if you've told your friends about this podcast, like, thanks. Just thanks, everyone listening right now. So I could definitely, I could definitely feel the love. Yeah. Yeah, and and since uh, March, I guess, this has been Jesse's only job as well as my only job, and that is becoming, like, more and more sustainable with every passing week, with every new patron that we get. Right now, we are, from our Patreon earnings, uh, each making almost exactly $10 an hour. So we are at... $3,200 a month of our goal of $6,666 a month. And that goal gets us to make each making $20 an hour. So we're like halfway, which Ooh. is real neat. Yeah. You know, so you, we're still, we're still trying to get to a place of, of more sustainability, but things are much more sustainable than they were. It just, it just keeps getting more, more real which is so rad and we're so thankful to all of you yeah no it's been i like don't leave, i like <laughs> like i don't know what else to say it's yeah no just really deeply thank you everyone from like the bottom of my uh cold shriveled heart <laughs> <laughs> you have like the biggest heart of anyone but you <laughs> say what you want <laughs> <sighs> Um, yeah, if you want to join our Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash thegailyprofit, and there's tons of great stuff going on over there. Um, today, the day that you're listening, we're doing our first Heartstopper watch with our patrons uh, on Discord. That's going to be at 
7 p.m. Eastern today. So, And we will not be making a Heartstoppers podcast. So if you want to know our thoughts about this show, you'll have to. <laughs> this is the only way. <laughs> That's true. Although I have written, as of now, the recording of this, I have written one essay about it for Patreon and honestly might write more. So that's another way that you can hear my thoughts on it. Very excited to read those. How, 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 I don't know if I've read the first one, actually. It's waiting for you whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Now let's get to the uh, the ad to make you laugh. Here's the thing about teens. They get up to no good. It's a natural and necessary part of growing up, and as such, the priority of the adults in their lives should be to help them make the safest and most reasonable decisions about their unsafe and unreasonable behavior. That's why every parent or guardian should buy their teen the Marauder's Method Deluxe Starter Kit. (laughs) Every kit comes complete with a sturdy, low-profile backpack with multiple hidden pockets, excellent for hiding drugs, stolen spell ingredients, or poems that will be deeply embarrassing in 10 years' time. A patented Marauder's Map, an invisibility cloak, a wand holster, and a waterproof, fireproof list of helpful spells to get them out of almost any sticky situation. Best of all, the kit has a built-in, whoa, kid, that's not cool, detector that will automatically sense bad intentions and apparate them back to their own bedrooms as needed. The Marauder's Method Starter Kit keeps your teens safe from trouble and themselves. Get yours today from Weasley's Wizard Wheezes in Diagon Alley. Oh my god. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, I definitely have a thing about Harry, and it's just like, why don't you have a fucking backpack? <laughs> uh-huh. That's my first editorial, so let's go talk about that. Let's talk about it. Great. Welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff. Take it away, Jesse. Why does Harry not just bring his backpack? This wouldn't have happened. Harry, I know you own a backpack or a satchel or whatever the fuck. As opposed, as opposed to you carrying your wand. The map, this giant egg. There is, I mean, just so everyone knows, we are just gesticulating. <laughs> I'm just waving my hands around. There's, There are no words to express what a bizarre decision Harry has made. I know. And as someone who, I mean, I always have a backpack. I feel like I, I rarely go anywhere without a backpack. <laughs> um... Because you never know what you have to, like, carry stuff. You know what's annoying? Carrying stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, this uh, it's just very frustrating. <laughs> like, dude. It is. It's so weird. It's so weird. And the thing is that we still could have had this scene happen if he had a backpack. Like, his leg got caught. He, like, lurched forward. The egg fell out of his backpack. Or, like... When he sunk down, somehow his bag got, like, caught on the railing. There's so many ways that this could have happened that didn't have us just being like, Harry, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, like, don't understand just him carrying all these things in his hands. (laughs) And I think that one of my other editorials is sort of just, like, an extension of, like, the the what-the-fuck Harry my exact note that I wrote in my book is 
it's too bad he didn't recently spend weeks learning how to use (laughs) Akio. I have this literally (laughs) in bold because he just learned this. It literally just saved his ass in the first task. And you're just like, and he's just like flailing. I'm like, Harry, you have a wand. Right. He's trying to reach it with his wand. Like, I was like, Hermione's going to be so mad when she hears this story. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck did I help you for? God damn it, Harry Potter. I know. Already high-strung Hermione lost a whole night of sleep, keeping your ass alive for the first test, teaching you the fucking summoning charm that she'd been talking about in charms for like a month before (laughs) like it's infuriating yeah it is you know what really bummed me out in particular is that i think i wouldn't be so mad about him not using akio if i don't know if that's how people say it that's how i'm saying it if when moody used it we had had harry being like oh fuck like what is wrong with me why didn't i do that like that would have been hilarious actually to have him recognize in world like god damn it i just learned that spell yeah yeah what a useful spell and it seems like a thing that's like harry aren't you just like using that in your everyday life if you're like other things across the room whoop now it's in my hand (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think, so I actually kind of had this in a couple of points that I feel like are maybe like, don't make sense, because it's a weak point in the writing, a little bit. Because it's like, right, like Harry just learned this. We we literally see Moody use it three seconds later, and Harry could have been like, oh, yeah, mm, totally forgot about that thing that I just learned. <laughs> Because it's another thing that actually, like, this whole mystery, like, the reveal sort of hinges on the fact that the Marauders map doesn't apparently recognize if people are juniors. Yes, I was very curious about that. So, which seems like a weird oversight, and I just feel like it's going to be a, like, only an oversight because of so much, how, how much of this plot hinges on the fact that Harry keeps thinking thinking he sees Barty Crouch Sr. when he's seeing Barty Crouch Jr., you know? Yeah. Well, he only sees him, what? Once. What? Twice? Does Doesn't it come he, back? Did he see him on the map? Because when Crouch is, like, outside by the woods, or is he already in the woods when he sees Crouch? Harry's already in the woods. Moody okay. comes and is like, I saw Barty on the map. Because Moody has the map for the rest of the book, I think. You're right. Yeah, it is. I, I guess here's a question that I have is like if his name that he was like given by his parents or is like on his birth certificate or whatever if it just is Bartemius Crouch and not Bartemius Crouch Jr like I don't know what is the Marauders map picking up on when it puts your name on there like if he doesn't identify as a junior is it not going to show up with the junior I don't know that's a good question. I refuse to believe that the Marauders map dead names people, so I think that it's like using the name that's written on your soul and not the name that you're like given. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I mean considering how uh Junior feels about his dad, it wouldn't surprise me if he's like, I'm not your fucking junior, I'm you know, my own 
Bartimus Crouch or whatever. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe it would just show up as fuck you, dad. (laughs) (laughs) Harry's like, why does it just say fuck you, dad? I'm so confused. Uh, He still would have gone down there. He's like, oh my God, does Snape have a secret son who's in his Okay, I just want to talk about why the prefix bathroom has an orgy-sized tub. (laughs) And I think, because in my brain, I'm like, all right, like, if these are the, like, goody-two-shoes kids who are, like, the RAs of Hogwarts, and, like, okay, like, you can have access to a giant orgy-sized bathroom. But it's like, why is it this big in the first place? (laughs) If there's only ever eight prefix and, like, maybe the head boy and girl, it's like... I'm just, like, very confused about the why of this room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless it's some, like, weird, like, alumni gift where it's, like, some Malfoy is, like, I will not let my son or daughter bathe in anything less than a Olympic-sized marble tub. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, it, it, like, doesn't fit the aesthetic of anything else at Hogwarts. That's true. Maybe the prefects just made it for themselves. at some point i don't know i think i think the answer to that is just why not that's fair it's like we've given you the responsibility of parenting all of the children (laughs) in this school because the teachers don't do jack shit you at the very least deserve a tub where you can just float on your back in warm water Mm -hmm. like a sensory deprivation chamber without the claustrophobia yeah and with cool weird bubble bath Mm mm-hmm which I would like the ones that have a smell to have a mark on the tap indicating that they have a smell. I know. Why are, why are none of these labels? That <laughs> didn't occur to me. And I'm just like, they're just like, this is great. I mean, there's a chart somewhere. There's definitely a chart somewhere. There's definitely a chart. <laughs> Never mind. I'm like, kind of kind of kids who are prefixed, there's definitely a fucking like color-coded chart somewhere. <laughs> you know who was prefects is two of the four marauders. And so actually, I... I can only imagine the Marauders map working like a like something from Star Trek, like a three dimensional image that you can like zoom in on and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I bet that on the Marauders map, if you like found the prefect's bathroom and like zoomed in enough, the taps are all labeled on there. Wait, were there Peter and Lupin both prefects? James and Lupin. You're right. He was a prefect, right? Because James was head boy. Yeah. Wait. Hagrid says that Lily and James were head boy and girl in book one. But is being head boy and head girl, like, do you definitely have to be a prefect? Mm, I feel like it's kind of like trying to become president without being a senator first. It's true. I guess it's not automatic, but... Probably doesn't happen super often. At the very least, I'm sure that the head boy and girl can use that bathroom. So if James was head boy and Lubin was a prefect, then... They still two of the four had access to the room. Yeah. And if Lupin had access as the prefect, then he was definitely having orgies with his three best friends slash people that he was fucking in that bathroom. So I know. It's just like funny. I'm just like, you go through all the work about the debt with the dorms thing, but then you let all the prefects have this giant orgy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, as long as they're being safe, like, I think that the best thing that adults can do is give teenagers safe ways to do the things that they're going to do anyway, you know? Yeah. 
Like, where do you, would you rather that they're fucking, like, in the Forbidden Forest or in this, you know, weird bathroom? I think we should say the bathroom is the better option. Yeah. I guess I was just thinking that it, like, seems like an uneven, like, if you're not a prefix, you're scrambling to find a place. But if you are a prefix, you're like, I have this built in place. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, especially since it's like, it, it kind of seems like, at least in the way Dumbledore is doing it, maybe, like, kind of political, the way that, like, the who becomes a prefect, you know? Yeah. So. Definitely. So it's sort of arbitrary if you get access to it or not. And then it's kind of like, I don't know. It's sort of like when, like, kids who are, like, an honor society get to, get to do cool shit and everyone else is just like, cool, I guess. Just hot garbage then. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, not bi- I'm not bitter at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my last editorial, and I guess last thing for this episode. Yeah, is why the fuck are the Hogwarts toilets flushing into the lake? Oh, I have a whole thing about that in health and science. I am deeply upset by this. Can we just talk about it because we're talking about it? Yeah, that's bizarre. And also, the mermaids would never allow that. And also. Harry's like, ew, Myrtle flushing into the lake with the contents of a toilet. Let me figure out how I'm going to breathe underwater in the selfsame lake that I just imagined that in. And he's not upset. Yeah. Okay. So I have, (laughs) I'm very enraged by this. Uh, Okay. So, right. Because it's like, is it just Myrtle's bathroom since considering it's right off the Chamber of Secrets is maybe like one of the original bathrooms in the castle or all of the Hogwarts bathrooms empty into the lake. And I think we got to assume they empty into the lake. All of them do, right? Cause where else is it going? I don't know. They have magic. <laughs> what, why? But do you know how gross the lake would be if hundreds of people flushing oh. the toilet? Oh, I, I have some math actually. That's Thank why you. I asked you about how many kids are at Hogwarts. Okay. okay. So, um, if we estimate there's between 240 and 340 kids, 240 and 340 kids at Hogwarts, I had to like look up about how much poop a person produces in a year. And okay. since they're only here for like nine months, it's about <laughs> roughly 239 pounds of poop per person, which roughly is about uh, 81,000 pounds of poop per per school year into the lake, which is disgusting. This... And also uh the great lakes has this issue about raw sewage going into the water it's a major issue because of how old the infrastructure is and because loosing environmental regulations and the reason it's bad besides e coli and bacteria and like getting sick swimming in raw sewage water is that human like poop fertilizes algae and too much algae like sort of is using a lot of the dissolved air and water, which kills the fish on top of contaminating the water that you don't want to swim in, which Harry is then going to go swim in in the next chapter. And I'm like, how are the merfolks not pissed off? How are they letting these other schools swim in the poop water lake? I'm just like, everything about this is wrong. I feel like with the numbers that you just provided, there's like no way that that water is still water and isn't just like, a shit slurry i mean so which is too much complicated math is trying to estimate how much water is in the lake because 
part of the theory about dumping contaminants into a body of water is that it'll dilute it a little bit enough to be like safe but i'm like this is still a small enough lake like it's not like a great lake great lakes are like square miles long like this lake is smallish in comparison very deep but i'm like i don't think if there's that much like human waste in that water i'm like i hope this lake is large enough to dilute that much even though harry goes pretty far down into it i'm just like like everything like this this lake should be full of like algae bloom it should look like lake Erie in the summertime when it's bad yeah <laughs> like which lake Erie is i think maybe one of the most polluted great lakes because of industry and capitalism it's actually so, gotten a lot better it has gotten a lot better there's been a concerted effort in the past several years to make lake Erie cleaner but... so fun fact i think this is fascinating in the original version of the lorax by dr seuss um when the fish are leaving wow i have that book memorized you'd think i would not be drawing a blank right now anyway the fish are leaving and they're trying to find some water that isn't as contaminated and the last line of that stanza used to be i hear things are just as bad up in lake erie and the like friends of lake erie (laughs) coalition in like the 70s or whenever the lorax was written who were like at that point already had made huge waves and getting lake erie cleaned up like petitioned dr seuss and we're like please stop we're like trying to fix this lake and like change its reputation and like got him to remove the line from future editions of the book that's pretty impressive yeah when i worked at my ridiculous startup job the co-working space that i worked at they i think like every year someone would fund a like clean up lake erie project pitch where you're trying to like really like concentrated effort to improve lake erie still Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah you're right it is not as bad as it has been but there's still a ton of raw susan that gets dumped into all of the great lakes which is partly why i know a lot about this and therefore enraged about all of the Hogwarts plumbing dumping into this comparatively small lake. I know. That Harry is breathing in because he has gills. And like not even thinking about, oh my god, Myrtle told me that she sometimes gets flushed down the toilet into this lake. Like, what the fuck? How does this lake not smell gross? <laughs> this, this is one of the maybe most horrifying instances of jk rowling just like writing something and being like i will put no thought into whether or not that makes sense and just moving along and being like i just i just she just left that on a page it didn't have to be there that's not necessary like you can't just be like oh that's funny for like one line and now i've established a world in which this castle is flushing all of its toilets into a lake like you have to think big picture fucker like a lake with people in it who live there (laughs) yes like this is the like hogwarts version of like living next to an oil refinery like do all of the poor milk mer children have like myrrh asthma because of this i don't know i want to say this is environmental racism but this is actually a pretty good microcosm of what environmental racism is which is like if you're wealthy enough to not live in an area full of raw sewage or oil refinery gunk in the air you don't have to worry about whether your kids have 
any issues from living in the polluted waters of right this, of this sewage lake um so yeah if this is, if this is anyone's specialty please weigh in because this is deeply horrifying why do we want to talk more about the deeply i don't horrifying know thing? i don't know okay what else do you have here oh i have one more thing actually we can end on a light note harry is like does an invisibility cloak work on a cat which i mean probably a regular one does i feel like you would think a hollow would work better than to shield harry from stuff magical eye notwithstanding but it doesn't matter because harry smells like a bath and body works uh-huh. <laughs> like <laughs> Snape can't smell you, Harry. <laughs> you smell like a cu- like every you smell like fucking cucumber melon and like lilac and all the other like gross things you just dumped out in this bath water. Like not even having a hollow is gonna protect you from that. Yep. Uh, yeah. The idea yeah. of what Harry smells like is so distressing to me. Like, I would have to go sleep in the common room if he came into my dorm smelling like that. Yeah. But even separate from that, like, cats and dogs and most mammals don't rely on eyesight the way that we do. So, like, I don't think a hollow... I think it would confuse a cat, or an invisibility cloak would confuse a cat. But I don't think it would, like make a cat not know that you were there because they are using their noses more yeah. than their eyes right? yeah yeah or like you know cats can like probably probably like miss norton can hear harry breathing can definitely smell the bath and body work store smell of him you know and it's like right. dude <laughs> like yeah animals have other senses besides that like being invisible it'd be like they still know that you're there dude <laughs> Exactly. I'm looking up if cats rely more on smell or sight. I feel like cats' noses aren't as good as dogs are because cats' eyesight is pretty good. But, I mean, part of it is that I think they're just also adapted for, like, their preferred hunting times slash being awake times of dusk and dawn. So, Cats' sense of smell is 9 to 16 times as strong as a human's. They have one of the broadest ranges of hearing among mammals. So cats know that Harry is there. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Norris can hear and smell. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, Snape is a potions master. I feel like that's a a magic you definitely use your nose a lot for. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like if you were a perfumist, you would have a probably really good sense of smell. He can definitely smell you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you smell like 12 different body washes. Like, just jammed. Disgusting. It's so gross. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I cannot, I cannot go into a Bath and Body Works because of the, I can't even go into Lush, honestly, because of the way it smells. I'm just like, this is too much. No. Oh, Harry. <laughs> He's like, oh, I should not have used all those products, you think. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. All right. Cool. We did it. We did it, and we ended on a high note, and not. Uh, please don't throw gunk in Lake Erie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Gaily Prophet. 
And until next time. Don't forget your backpack. Ha, ha, ha.